Hey y'all, welcome back to Tailwagon True Crime. This is your host, Margaret Scott, and in today's episode, we're going to take a deep dive into one of the most interesting cases that I've come across for at least the state of Virginia so far. And this case took place back in 2002 and made many of Virginians, uh, D.C. people, as well as Maryland people, kind of scared on a daily basis because they didn't know what was happening. Um, And this was for a whole span of three weeks, so almost a month, that these people were living on a daily basis afraid to even go outside of their house to mow their lawn. Uh, If you've guessed it already, we're going to be talking about the Beltway Snipers who killed 10 innocent people for seemingly no reason at all. Snipers killed 10 innocent people between Maryland, D.C., and Virginia in just over a short span of three weeks. To give you a little background, John Mohammed, who was 41, and Lee Boyd Malvo, who at the time was 17 years old, drove around northern Virginia, Washington, D.C., and Maryland for three weeks terrorizing citizens going about their daily lives. They took the life of 10 innocent people, and injured multiple others. John Muhammad and Lee Malvo met when Malvo moved to Antigua to be with his mother, um, where she was the one who introduced him to Muhammad. Um, His mother, shortly after that, left to go to work in Florida, and Malvo decided to stay back with Muhammad, and they both left for Bellingham, Washington. And this was around 2000, 2001. So about two years, give or take, prior to the shootings. On October 2nd, Mohammed and Malvo traveling in a 1990 Chevy Caprice. Remember this car because it'll come up later. Fired a shot through a window of a Michael's craft store but luckily nobody was injured or killed. But one hour later, in the same evening, the two drove through a parking lot of a grocery store in Wheaton, Maryland, and killed James Martin, who was a 55-year-old program analyst for the NOAA. As the investigation started, not even a full 24 hours later, the two were on the move again, this time killing five people in one day. On October 3rd, the two started down the road, shot and killed James Buchanan, a 39-year-old landscaper mowing grass near an auto mall in Rockville, Maryland. Minutes later, a 55-year-old taxi driver, Prem Walker, was killed while pumping gas in Aspen Hill. The third victim of the day was a 34-year-old babysitter, Sarah Ramos, as she sat reading a book at a bus stop in Norbeck. A little over an hour later, 25-year-old Lori Ann Lewis Riviera was killed while vacuuming her Dodge Caravan at a Shell station in Kensington, Maryland. Mohammed and Malvo took about a 12-hour break 
before continuing the terror of October 3rd. At around 9.20 p.m., Pascal Charlotte, I'm sorry if I messed that up, Pascal Charlotte, a 72-year-old retired carpenter, was walking near Georgia Avenue when he became the fifth victim of the day. After the shootings on October 3rd, investigators were able to understand better that this was the work of a sniper. Each of the people that was shot were shot with a single bullet that had been fired from a distance. But on October 4th, the terror continued when 43-year-old Carolina Sewell was wounded in the chest in the parking lot of a Michaels in Spotsylvania. As the media started covering this more and more, Muhammad and Malvo laid low for a few days. So the people were able to kind of rest, but again, not really when you're in the area and you don't know if just being out for a walk, somebody might shoot you. On October 7th, a 13-year-old student was shot in the chest and critically wounded as he was arriving at, sc at school in Bowie, Maryland. His aunt, who happened to be a nurse, was nearby when this happened as she was the one that had dropped him off and immediately sprung into action and rushed him to the ER. Thankfully for her quick reaction, and how strong this boy was, he pulled through and was able to testify in court. The police also found a shell as well as a tarot card. The death card that was inscribed with Call Me God on the front and on the back was For You, Mr. Police. Two more days went by as people in the regions were waiting to see if there was going to be another shooting. On October 9th, 53-year-old civil engineer Dean Myers was shot dead while pumping gas near Manassas, Virginia. On October 11th, again another two days later, 53-year-old businessman Keith Bridges was shot while pumping gas. Then a few days went by, October 14th, 47-year-old Linda Franklin, an FBI intelligence analyst, was shot dead in a covered parking lot of a Home Depot in Fairfax County, Virginia. The police received what they thought was a very good lead, but it turned out it was nothing but a wild goose chase. Mohammed and Malvo took a break from the shootings, but on October 17th, while nobody was shot at or was shot and killed, a caller had called into the call center that was set up by FBI. This was meant to be a little bit of a tease to investigators, but later ended up being their downfall. The caller, who was most likely Malvo, called in saying that he was the sniper and was responsible for the murder of two women, one who was killed during a robbery in Montgomery, Alabama a month before. At this point, the FBI had over 400 agents around the country working on this call, making digital maps, following up on leads, manning the call center. But when this call came in, investigators found out the crime had actually happened and had a magazine that had been dropped at the crime scene that had fingerprints on it. A Mobile, Alabama agent arrived in D.C. on October 21st, ATF started looking at the ballistics 
and the FBI lab started running fingerprints. A hit came in the following morning for Lee Boyd Malvo, who had a previous arrest record in Washington State. This record also listed John Mohammed, and when looking into him, investigators found he owned a Chevy Caprice, and the ATF also revealed that Mohammed owned a Bushmaster 223 caliber rifle. This was a federal violation as he had been served with a restraining order. The vehicle's make, model, and license plate was plastered everywhere all over the media, but before that all happened, there, the two were able to terrorize the community a little bit more. October 19th, 37-year-old Jeffrey Hopper was shot in a parking lot near Ponderosa Steakhouse in Ashland, Virginia. However, due to a quick response from his wife and people around him, he was able to survive from his injuries. A letter was found in the woods. It was from the shooters, and the demand was for $10 million, and there were some threats to children made in the letter as well. Police arrested two men in a white van near Richmond, Virginia, but they had no connection to the shooters, so unfortunately this was yet another wild goose chase. On October 22nd, 35-year-old Conrad Johnson was shot standing on the steps of his bus in Aspen Hill. While he was rushed to the hospital, he unfortunately did not pull through and passed away due to the injuries. On October 23rd, a call came in. The car had been spotted at a rest stop on I-81. Hours later, FBI arrested John Allen Muhammad and Lee Boyd Malvo. When investigators were looking through the vehicle, they found the Bushmaster rifle with a scope and a tripod. The back seat had the sheet metal removed for easy access to the trunk. The Chevy Caprice manual um, had written impressions of the demand notes on it. A digital recorder used by both to make extortion demands a laptop that was stolen from one of the victor victims and contained the shooting sites and getaway routes. And there were maps, walkie-talkies, and lots more. John Allen Muhammad was sentenced to death in, two th in the 2004 trial. He was executed on November 10th, 2009 in Virginia. Lee Boyd Malvo was sentenced to life without parole. On May 26, 2017, a federal judge overturned two of Malvo's life sentences in Chesapeake and Spotsylvania County in Virginia. June 21, 2018, a federal appeals court agrees Malvo's four life sentences from Virginia must be vacated based on a 2012 Supreme Court decision that it is unconstitutional for juveniles to receive mandatory life without possibility of parole. To me, this makes absolutely no sense. You're going to let somebody, regardless of age, possibly walk with only doing a few years in prison or, you know, whatever the sentence is because they're a juvenile in March 18th, 2019, the Supreme Court agrees to take up Malvo's case in Virginia after the state appealed the lower court's ruling. In February 
on February 26, 2020, so this is just recent, the Supreme Court dismissed the pending case concerning Malvo. The order happened two days after Virginia governors signed a bill making juvenile offenders who were sentenced to life eligible for parole after serving 20 years, which means he would be eligible for parole in a few short years, if I'm doing the math correctly. Um, some other cases that Muhammad and or Malvo were either charged or sus suspected of uh, that happened leading up to October 20, October 2002. In February 2002, Kenya Cook, just 21, a friend of Muhammad's ex-wife, was murdered. There was no ballistic evidence, just circumstantial. March a 22-year-old Jerry Taylor was shot and killed at a golf course in Arizona. In May, Mohammed was suspected of vandalizing a synagogue in Tahoma, Tacoma, Washington. The gun that was used belonged to a man that Mohammed and Malvo stayed with. In September, a shooting at a pizzeria in Clinton, Maryland happened. Again, there is no actual evidence, just circumstantial evidence. September 14th, a 22-year-old Benny O'Baron was shot and wounded outside a beer and wine store in Silver Springs, Maryland. Bystanders allege that it was a sniper, but there was no ballistics that linked the two. September 15th, a liquor store shooting in Brandywine, Maryland. One person was injured. September 21. Um, Million Walden Mar Mariam, 41, I'm sorry I butchered that name, was shot three times with a 22 caliber handgun in, in an Atlanta liquor store. Sorry, speaking is hard. On September 21st, again in Montgomery, Alabama, a shooting in a liquor store, Claudine Parker, the owner, was killed and Kelly Adams was injured. Ballistics were a match to the Bushmaster 223 rifle and eyewitnesses accounts say that it looked like the DC snipers. Now again, the only evidence they have is the ballistics to the rifle. On September 23rd, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Hong Bollinger, 45, was killed outside the beauty shop they owned. Um, ballistics again matched the 223 Bushmaster rifle. Then on September 26th, Wright Williams was shot and injured outside of a grocery store in Baton Rouge. Malvo was in and out of the courtroom for his own trials and brought into Muhammad's trials from 2002 to until late 2004, the two had been charged on several capital murder charges, not just in, in the states that it happened, but in the separate counties that the murders took place. So, um, Mal Mohammed again, to wrap up, was uh, sentenced to death and was executed in 2009. And Malvo is possibly going to have the right for parole um, within a few short years because the governor of Virginia has made a bill that 
allows juvenile offenders who were sentenced to life eligible for parole after serving just 20 years. But this is just an interesting case as it happened and there isn't a whole lot of people that talk about this case. 10 innocent people seemingly for no reason were shot and killed by these two people and we will never get those people back in life. That concludes today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed this episode on the Beltway Snipers. Uh, If you enjoyed it, please, please, please leave me a review and subscribe to the channel. This helps me get into other people's uh, podcasts you should listen to. And it allows me to grow as a podcast. Uh, You can find me on instagram at tailwagon true crime on facebook at tailwagon true crime and you are welcome to email me at the scott co media at gmail.com i will put that down in the description so you can have easy access to it if you need please be safe out there um it's definitely a scary world and i hope you all stay safe stay real and stay alive and True Crime is a production of Scott Co. Media, and these podcasts wouldn't be possible without the assistance of my sidekicks, Aston and Simba.